It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome to the virtual bible study tonight we're glad you're part of it you can kill that over there <laughs> welcome to the virtual bible study for thursday night august the 9th we're live we're ready to go and uh, we hope you'll stay tuned my name is jacob gwynn I'm joined by my noise-making co-host, Greg Gwynn, my father. Hello, Dad. Jacob, glad to be with you on the Virtual Bible Study. I wasn't quite ready to start there. didn't realize you were starting, but we are started, and this is the time for the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad for all who are listening and plan to participate in our study tonight. I think we've got an important subject, Jacob. We are starting, so you better jump in and hold on. We hope you have your Bibles out as we want to look at an important subject, really a fundamental subject and it's fundamental to every virtual Bible study that we have, Dad. We want to talk about why we should study the Bible and how we should accomplish that study. We understand the Bible is the Word of God, and it has important instructions for us. We want to look at it tonight, look at why we should study it and how we should accomplish that task. Jacob, uh, as we've been doing recently, we sent out to our email update list today a couple of questions asking for some feedback, and we've got several who've already sent us some feedback. We'd like to get some more we're talking about studying the Bible, and we ask a couple of questions. One, what's the single biz- biggest mistake that people make in studying their Bibles that leads to confusion and misunderstanding? That's question one. What's the biggest mistake people make in studying their Bibles? Number two, what's the most important rule to remember when studying the Bible? So a, a number of people have already sent in a response to those couple of questions, but we'd be glad to get some more. Uh, what do you think? Send us an email or even get on the telephone and give us a call. What is the single biggest mistake that people make in studying their Bibles that leads to confusion and misunderstanding? And what is the most important rule to remember when you study the Bible? Those are some questions for you to consider, or you can chime in with any question or comment tonight at 877-381-4567, toll-free 877-381-4567 or by sending your questions or comments to questions at collegeview.com. Dave, you know, in, in reference to that first question, what is the what is a big mistake that leads to misunderstanding? Obviously, there's some mistakes going on because a lot of people have misunderstandings about the Bible. In fact, if you looked at all of the religious division that exists, obviously there are people not interpreting their Bibles accurately. Somebody is misunderstanding because if we all understood, we'd all be doing exactly the same thing. So there obviously is a lot of misunderstanding. That means that people are not reading, studying, and and understanding the Scripture accurately. What do you think is the biggest thing that contributes to that? You know, the people who have misunderstandings are studying the Bible, and they're coming up with different conclusions than we are, but they're studying the Bible. How do we know that uh, we're studying the Bible uh, correctly then? If we can study the Bible and still be an error, Dad, we need to examine our practices and make sure we're studying correctly. You know, I, uh, for years I remember, I mean, since since I was just a, a kid, I can remember preachers making the point, it's a very accurate point, that if two people go to a Bible text and understand it differently, then one 
or possibly both are mistaken, but they both can't be right. If, if there's a discrepancy or disagreement that people have when they approach a, a, a Bible subject, a, a Bible passage, then one or both of them is not understanding properly, because if we understand, we'll understand alike. Exactly right. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Dad, if we understood how to study the Bible and how to apply it, as you said, we could end religious division today. So this is an incredibly important subject. It is. And, you know, the, the whole idea of Bible study is important, Jacob, because it is the way that we learn the mind of God. You know, he's an all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present creator. We really need to know what's on his mind, and he has chosen to tell us so in the Bible. We can't read his mind. We can't figure it out any other way. We have to go to the Bible. You know, Romans tells us that we can look at the creation and realize that there is a God. Imagine if we didn't have his revealed word to us. We knew there was a God out there, but we didn't know what he wanted from us. How frustrating that would be. And we should be thankful that God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Yeah. Like you said, we would know there must be a creator, but we wouldn't know anything about him or what he wanted. The Bible is where he tells us what he wants, what, what's on his mind. First Corinthians chapter 2, beginning verse 9 says, As it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's a really strong passage, and it's just basically telling us you can't read God's mind. You have no way of knowing what's on his mind except he's chosen to tell you. You know, that's that's true of individuals. Jacob, you couldn't know what's on my mind unless I choose to tell you what's on my mind. You might try to guess, but you couldn't know what I'm thinking unless I tell you what I'm thinking. And that's just exactly what Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying there. We couldn't begin to know what God's thinking unless he chooses to tell us. Thankfully, he's chosen to tell us in his word. And we have it in his word, and we should be thankful for it. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We hope you'll join in and give us your questions or comments on the program tonight. This is a listener interactive program in which you participate with your questions or comments via the phone or via email, and we're looking forward to your discussion tonight. You know, we do know the mind of God, Dad. We know what he wants from us. And as a result, the Bible tells us information about how we can be saved, and we should be thankful for that as well. It's really the only information about how exactly. to be saved. Uh, we cannot figure that out on our own. Jeremiah 10:23 says, The way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't guess about this and get it right. There's just no way that you could figure that out on your own. Not only could you not figure it out on your own, if you tried to figure it out on your own, you'd end up in a serious pickle. You'd have, be in a bad shape. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 says, There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so if we tried to figure it out on our own, we'd end up in a terrible predicament. And many in the world are in that predicament, unfortunately, because they've tried to figure it out on their own because they do not realize and appreciate the Bible for what it is. Exactly right. We've got to know the truth. Jesus said, John eight thirty two, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So we need the truth. And the truth is in the word of God. John seventeen seventeen says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So we need truth to make us free from sin. The Bible is that truth that tells us about salvation. It's really the only place that we can go to get the correct 
and accurate information about how to be saved from sin. Of course, that's a need of of us all. We're in desperate need of salvation. God's made it available, and he's told us about it in his word. You know, there's a couple underlying themes that we've mentioned so far that the Bible states and sort of leaves uh, as obvious points here. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Dad, the passage that we... Uh, that we reference that says that we can know the mind of Christ, uh, the the thoughts of God. We can know them in John chapter eight verse thirty two. You shall know the truth, and then in, we combine that with John seventeen verse seventeen, where we read that God's word is truth, and so therefore we can understand the Bible. It's a common theme in the, the religious world today, even and in the world in general, that we can't understand the Bible. That it's too cryptic, it's too complex, and no one will ever be able to understand it. But God tells us in his word that we can't understand what he's revealed to us. Exactly right. Uh, and we, we want to get into that as, we're ta- as we want to talk tonight about how to properly study and understand the Bible. We want to get into this idea that it is understandable. In fact, we are commanded to understand. Ephesians 5.17, we are commanded to understand what the will of God is. Therefore, we've got to go to the Bible. We've got to be able to, to approach it accurately, understand it properly. We don't have an option. We've got to do that. But, you know, there's great blessings associated with it. We've already said that in the Bible is where we find out about salvation. It's the only place we can find out about salvation. But I also think, Jacob, that we in the Bible are instructed about how to make our life here and now the best possible. Not only, not, not only do we learn about salvation in heaven and eternity, but God's word also gives us guidance about how to live the best and most fulfilling life here and now. Now, you say something there about the the fact that God's word gives us the instruction to have the best life possible. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people who claim to be Christians don't believe that. And I think I know why. And I think it's manifested in their life because they don't study the Bible. Uh, that Many come to the Bible afraid of what they might find in it and dreading what might be revealed to them as they read from the scriptures. And as a result, they shy away from reading the Bible. But if we truly understood and appreciated the fact that you mentioned that God's word gives us the instruction on how to have the best life possible here and now, certainly we would be studying it more often. Thank you. Right. Titus or first uh, Timothy, first Timothy four, verse eight says bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So Paul said there that living the life described in the word of God makes our life better now and gives us the hope of heaven and eternity. It's a win-win. 877-381-4567 is the way you can participate on the phone tonight. We hope you'll give us a call toll-free, 877-381-4567, or use your keyboard and join in on the discussion by emailing questions at collegeview.com. We're talking about the word of God why we should study it, and how we should accomplish that uh, task, 877-381-4567, or questions at collegeview.com. Jacob, again, let's repeat those uh, questions that we've put out there. Now, we, we want your input about this, but we'd be glad to take your input about other things as well. But a couple of specific questions we've asked, looking for your input on this, and we, we want to get to some of these answers here in a little bit. But uh, uh, number one, what is the single biggest mistake that people make in studying their Bibles that leads to confusion and misunderstanding? So what's the biggest mistake people make in studying? Number two, what's the most important rule to remember when studying the Bible? Give us your input uh, on those couple of things. All right. Join in on the discussion. Let us know your thoughts. Jake, we might go to one of these responses. We've got a response from Chuck. I'm not sure where Chuck's from, but he's responded by saying the biggest problem that people have 
that leads to confusion and misunderstanding is reading the Bible carelessly, not thoughtfully. Like I already know what it says so I can speed through this part. And so his answer there, the biggest mistake people make is just not being careful with the text, assuming that you already know it. Therefore, you know, if you're reading something and you assume you already know what's there, you're not careful with it. You just, as he says, you just sort of speed through and don't look carefully. I think a lot of people, and I think this is something we got to be on guard against, and that is the, the idea that we could, oh, we already know this stuff. We don't. We don't have to search. We don't have to. We don't have to give any due diligence here. It's it's uh, it's stuff we already know. You know, I do this occasionally with my email. You may have done the same thing, Dad. You read through an email that someone that you know has sent you, and uh, it's uh, purveying important information to you. But you read it exactly the opposite of what they what they said. You ever done that? You read that email. You say, "Wow!" And then you look back. Oh, that's not how they meant it. I, I read it the wrong way. We can do the same thing with God and his word to us. I imagine a lot of us have had the experience of of knowing a verse so well that you even sort of quote it or at least attempt to quote it from memory only to find out sometime later that you'd been actually misquoting it or saying it in a way that's not accurate. We've got to be careful with the word of God. And I suppose that's uh, if I was to sort of summarize Chuck's thought there. Be careful with this word of God. When you think about it as. Uh, the God's specific plan for our life and eternity that deserves careful, very careful treatment. If if I handed you a map, Jacob said this is a treasure map, and if you follow it carefully, it will lead you to a enormous buried treasure. Well, you wouldn't just look at it casually and toss it aside. You would study that carefully. You would look for every detail, try to understand every specific point made about how to get from here to where that treasure is. Well, I think that's a good way to look at the Bible. It's a treasure map. It teaches us how to live for God and have eternity in heaven. Therefore, it deserves careful analysis. And I'm sure that we've all heard sermons about passages that we knew for a long time, yet a point could be made from that passage that we just hadn't seen before. There was some meaning there that we hadn't picked up on, and so we need to be dealing with the Scriptures that way. We're studying them very carefully, not taking anything for granted. We've got a an email from, and I'm not sure if this is from Anthony or Rachel, but here in Columbia, Anthony and Rachel have written in to say that they think a big problem in studying and understanding the Bible is that people go to the Bible to justify their personal beliefs rather than to understand what God's will is. This sort of ties in with what Chuck was saying, and I think they're exactly right. In other words, I assume I already know this. I've got the, I already have this figured out therefore i really don't have to look carefully or study diligently because i already know what i want to believe and a lot of people approach the bible with their preconceived notions rather than going there with an open mind to really see what god says that's right and so we appreciate that comment tonight that's a problem throughout the religious world it could be a problem for us as well we can read the word of god in such a way that we think it justifies and proves a position that we want it to prove and in fact, it does just the opposite of that, and we've got to be careful. That's exactly right. And again, you made the point earlier, Jacob, that we've got to we got to be careful that we, you know, we're, we're talking about mistakes people make, but but we need to understand that's a potential mistake we make too. Therefore, we got to be on guard against that. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview dot com. Join in while we take this break. Stay tuned. We'll continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. 
Do you remember when you went to church and heard sermons that clearly set forth the New Testament plan of salvation? Can you recall when churches rang out with lessons that plainly exposed false teachers and false doctrines? Can you think back to a time when preachers and members of the church were set for the defense of the gospel? If you are craving to find a congregation that is like the church you can remember from years ago, like the church back in the first century, please visit the College View Church soon. They're trying hard to be a church just like the church you remember, like the one you read about in your Bible. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And welcome back into the virtual Bible study tonight. Thank you again for joining us. We're talking about the Bible, why we should study it, how to accomplish that task. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. We've asked two questions that you can join in on the subject tonight with. We want to know what is the single biggest mistake that people make in studying their Bibles and what is an important rule to remember when we're studying the Bible. Join in on those or any uh, subject of this importance that you would like to comment on. Jacob, going on with some of the feedback we're getting here on this question, number one, what's the biggest mistake people make? Uh, James up in Somerset, Kentucky. James, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study. He has written in and says, uh, accepting interpretations of the passage that violate other passage. Uh, it's imperative to our study that we reconcile each scripture with the whole of God's revelation. Uh, I think that's a really good point that Jim makes from Somerset. He says, uh, uh, you, you can't, here's, a, here's a rule of Bible study, Jay. You cannot apply an understanding to one passage of scripture that forces a contradiction with another clear passage of scripture. We believe the Bible is non-contradictory. It comes from God. Therefore, God wouldn't contradict himself, say one thing one place and say another thing another place. And that being the case, we can't t- uh, apply an interpretation to, to a passage that necessarily contradicts another clear passage of Scripture. That's just that just doesn't work. That's not, that's a that's a, a very common mistake. But that's an absolute rule of Bible study. We've got to understand it harmoniously. Yeah, a lot of people will find a passage that teaches one thing, and they'll still take it and apply it in a certain way that just ignores another passage. We've got to harmonize the two. Failing to do so can get us into all types of of problems. An example of that, Jacob, would be, for instance, someone takes a passage that speaks about salvation by faith. We believe that we're saved by faith. There's no doubt about that, you know. uh, we could take John 3.16, maybe one of the most familiar passages on salvation. Uh, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It talks about salvation by believing, having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that, but that doesn't say faith only. Uh, and, and for those who want to take that passage and then say, well, that passage doesn't say anything about baptism, for instance. So they're going to try to force that passage to contradict Acts 2.38, Mark 16.16, 16, 1 Peter 3.21, and all the other passages that talk about baptism. Well, that's a mistake. You can't understand John 3.16 in such a way that it contradicts a statement like Acts 2.38. You've got to take them in harmony. And then when you do, you find out that the kind of faith that saves us is the faith that leads us to obedience. That's an easy harmony. And you've got to make that harmony. You can't, as, as Jim says, you can't 
understand one passage in such a way that it contradicts another. So, yeah, that's an excellent comment. And, uh, and you know, that is an, uh, a mistake that so many people make, so appreciate that from Jim. That was Jim in Somerset, Kentucky. We got a, we got a, an email from Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. They're all around us. Jim's everywhere. Jim is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, he says the big mistake people make is when they do not consider the context of a passage. Uh, who is speaking and to whom they are speaking. Thus, in actuality, too many people think that you, for instance, must keep the Sabbath when that command was from God only to Israel. In other words, you can go to the Bible and you can see where it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But that statement wasn't made to everyone. That was a, that was a command given to the nation of Israel specifically and prior to the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. So you got to understand the context of that statement. Uh, and so he says you got to observe the context. Um, in in conjunction with that, we've got an email from a listener in Greenwood, Indiana, who says some people take verses out of context and try to prove a point. If you include the preceding and following verses, you get the full understanding of the information being provided. Another way is the way you read a verse. By by that I mean you leave out the punctuation and it can change the meaning entirely. So both of these uh, both uh, of these responses suggest that it's a problem and a mistake when people do not observe the context in which a statement is made. All right, thank you for those comments, Jim, and for our listener up in Indiana tonight. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview dot com. Join in on the discussion tonight. Let us know your thoughts on this important subject. We got a little bit more here. Jim in Mount Pleasant also adds, he says, another mistake that people make is to refuse to put their biases away. They already have a preconceived idea of what a passage deals with, and they do not consider what it's actually saying. They do not let the scriptures interpret themselves. And I think I think this is a kind of a recurring theme in some of these responses that we're getting is that people approach the Bible to sort of prove what they already want to believe rather than just being open and accepting the passage for what it actually says. Uh, and Jim uses the expression, let the scriptures interpret themselves. And you know, I think that's a really good rule of Bible study. Typically, the Bible is its own best commentary. The Bible explains itself. And if we'll allow it and we'll allow the context of statements uh, to help us with our understanding, uh, it'll work a whole lot better. Uh, John in Indianapolis, Indiana writes, big mistake, studying the Bible out of context. That goes right along with what we've been saying. Uh, he also mentions proof texting. And when we talk about proof texting, uh, that's when he, he goes on to say, looking to prove their doctrine, not to learn the truth. You know, take a passage out of context to try and prove a point. It may not even be discussing that point. It may not even be pertinent to that point. But you find a, a, a phrase or an expression that you think tends to believe what you're trying to prove. So you're studying it out of context. So I think that's a, a good one. That's the John in Indianapolis. By the way, some of us, some of those who are listening know this John in Indianapolis. Uh, sometimes we refer to him as Possum John. John, if you know, he's had a lot of health issues. I just would mention here, he says, I'm feeling human again. He's taking chemotherapy. Therapy. He says that gets him down for about a week, but then after that he feels good between those treatments, and he's doing well right now, and we're grateful to God. That's answered prayers for our friend John in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yes, thank you, John, and we're glad that you're feeling better up there. Um, we're continuing to get some of these responses. We want your response. Uh, uh, tell us what you think. What, what would be your input? What do you see as the biggest mistake people make in understanding the Bible 
uh, and, and send us an email, questions at collegeview.com, or give us a phone call. We've got that toll-free number, Jacob. Now we need people to be using it, 877-381-4567. That's right. So send us, give us a call. That would be great. Um, uh, our friend Randy in Jackson, Missouri, writes, the big mistake people make is using devotional guides that have you jump all over the Bible to a different place every day. Oh, that was kind of an interesting take. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people who do that. I'm I'm not one who does that. I don't follow those devotional guides in, in Bible study, but I think a lot of people do. And when and Randy says it gets you jumping around in the Bible and not studying through a, a section to understand it. Again, this goes to the point that several of these have made not studying in thorough context of what the scriptures teach. It's almost a unanimous uh, problem that people are noting here tonight, and that is an excellent uh, comment, you know, Dad, that uh, I think a lot of people see that uh, people are taking the Bible out of context and using it to prove what they want it to prove. And I'm afraid that some of those devotional books that Randy mentions are doing just that, taking a few verses that seem to say what they want it to say and uh, building a whole... Uh, discussion around those verses that may be taken out of context. You know, I, I I have seen cases where preachers would preach a sermon, or I suppose the those who write these devotional guides would do the same thing. They take one verse, one expression, and they may, that may be the only reference to the scriptures that they that they make is just one brief reference to a phrase, and then they just take off and you know maybe preach for a half hour or write several pages in a devotional guide. And what you're getting there is human opinion and philosophy. You're not getting the scripture. So, uh, again, that would, that would be clearly a good observation from Randy. Thanks, Randy, for participating in the virtual Bible study tonight. Yes, thank you, Randy. 877-381-4567. Join in on the phone or over the email at questions at collegeview.com. Um, our friend uh, Jimmy in Tullahoma, Tennessee, writes, uh, biggest mistake. He's got a three-point, three-part answer. Not studying and li- not studying and listening to someone else. In other words, don't do any studying yourself. Let somebody else tell you what you ought to believe. A whole lot of people do that. I would agree. Number two, thinking you can't understand the Bible. You know, how many times, Jacob, have you talked to people and say, "Oh, I've, I've tried to read the Bible. I just can't. I, don't, I just don't think uh, the average person can understand the Bible. It's just not understandable." Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're commanded to understand. God can't, God, it's not in the nature of God to command us to do something that we're incapable of doing. We can understand. Exactly right. Uh, so that, that was the second part of his answer. And the third part of his answer, by thinking they can understand it with little or no effort on their part, not willing to take the time and exert the energy and effort to know what the Lord has said to us. I think that's a good observation too. You're gonna. This is worthy of investing some effort in it, spending some time. You know, it, it, things that are important. You know, all of us have secular interests of some kind. You know, a hobby or something that you enjoy doing, or a job where you have to know certain parts, certain kinds of information in order to do your job effectively. If it's important to you, you invest the time to understand that. Well, this is ultimately important. It deserves an investment of time. You could, I, I've heard people say, oh, I just wish I was a better Bible student. Well, you can be. That's doable. But you got to be willing to invest time to do it. You know, back when we were in school, Dad, if we wanted to learn algebra or learn something that seemed to be difficult to us, we didn't say, well, I can't understand that. I'll take my F and go on with it. We would study to get a grade that would be passing and be acceptable to us. We would spend the time and effort to study to learn 
physical concepts, why wouldn't we do the same with spiritual concepts? We wouldn't just say, well, I can't understand that and leave it at that. We would exert the effort to find out what God is telling us so we can understand his will for us in our lives. Um, Along the same lines that, uh, that we're talking about right there, our friend Nick in Jennings, Florida, has written in. Nick, we're glad you're listening tonight. He says, Jesus taught in John seven seventeen, if any man willeth to do his will, he shall know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. That's the American Standard Version. And Nick comments, people will not put forth the effort to read with the desire to know the truth. Their desire is not one of hungering and thirsting after righteousness. If our desire is to know the truth, we will give diligence or exert self to read and search all the truth to see what God desires of us. I think that is right on. I think Nick is exactly right. He he references there uh, what Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That, that needs to be our craving for this information. It needs to be like a starving man or a man about to die for lack of water. That ought to describe our desire for these truths. But unfortunately, t- typically, that's not true of people. So why don't they understand the Bible? They're not hungering and thirsting. They're not putting forth the effort. Uh, so I think both Jimmy in Tullahoma and Nick in, in Jennings, Florida, uh, have hit on a, a good point there. All right, let's take a break. And when we get back, we want to hear from you. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Do you remember when no one would have thought twice about getting the church involved in daycare centers, kindergarten, softball leagues, and youth camps? Are you upset when churches spend more time and money on social programs and recreational activities than on spreading the gospel? Are you tired of seeing congregations with their emphasis in entirely the wrong areas? The College View Church is still preaching the same gospel and practicing the same things that you remember from years ago. They're committed to the idea of speaking where the Bible speaks and being silent where the Bible is silent. Check them out. Visit the College View Church of Christ. Hello, my name is Preston Jackson. I'm from Valdosta, Georgia, and I want to hear your comments. So if you have one, call 931-381-4567 or email your questions at questions at collegeview.com. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now back to the program. And how do we study the Bible? That's what we're talking about tonight. How should we study the Bible? Why should we study the Bible? We want to hear from you. Dave, we've got a couple more responses, and we want more. We've got time to take your response to our to our theme tonight. What are the mistakes people make in Bible study, and what are the important rules to remember? We've got two questions. What's the main mistake? What's the important rule to remember? Uh, got a, an email from, uh, well, this is from a listener. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the, this uh, email return address. I'm not sure who this is from. But the, the answer to the question, big mistake people make, Using a translation that may may be more difficult to understand, not having an open mind and heart and praying for understanding, and not taking enough time to properly research prophetic descriptive passages to not take them as literal or actual events. So this respondent has mentioned something that's been mentioned, and, and take the time to really search it out and understand it. Mentions translation, maybe using translations that are confusing. Um... You know, we live in a in a in a time when there are a lot of translations available that you can use for comparative readings, then that is helpful. Now, you, when you say that, you got to also sort of offer a qualifier uh, to that 
not every English translation of the Bible is an accurate translation. For instance, a lot of people have heard of the Good News Bible, uh, which I think is actually today's English version. That's that's not necess- that's that's not a version that you can rely on as being accurate. The Living Bible, for instance, is another one. That, that's just a paraphrase. It's not even a real translation. It's just a paraphrase. Somebody should sit down and try to paraphrase what they were reading in the in the Bible. And so you've got to be careful in using some English Bibles because they're not accurate. They are some that are very accurate. You know, the King James Bible, and, uh, and, and I'm not one, and I don't think you could scripturally argue that you have to use the King James. There are some denominations that are taking that position that you have to use the King James Bible. I don't think you, I don't think you could prove that if your life depended on it. But it is a, a typically accurate translation uh, you can rely on that. Uh, just read from Nick uh, where he was quoting the American Standard. That's a very accurate literal translation. The New American Standard is a little more readable but still accurate. Uh, the New King James is, is another one that's good. And there are others. Uh, but, and you know, sometime or another, Jacob, we might want to do a program just on Bible translations and the strengths and weaknesses of various ones. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're having trouble with the King James and a lot of people act like they do, although I'm not sure why. I don't think it's that difficult to understand. In fact, it's the one I prefer to use. But if you're having trouble with the King James, maybe look to the New American Standard or the New King James. Uh, and, and if that helps you, then that's what you should do because uh, it's so important to understand the Bible. Uh, this this respondent also says to have an open mind and heart, pray for understanding. You know, um, uh, we could – prayer is is – valuable in obtaining the wisdom to apply God's word. For instance, in James chapter 1, verse 5, James says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, wisdom, we, we usually describe wisdom as the, applic- the uh, is, is putting into application what we know. Knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is something different. We can pray for wisdom. We can pray for God to give us the ability to apply what we know. But the business of acquiring that knowledge, that's our job to do. God's not going to supernaturally implant wisdom into our heart. Uh, you mean knowledge. I mean, no, sorry, I said that wrong. God's not going to supernaturally implant knowledge in our heart. He gave us the source of that knowledge in his inspired word. Therefore, we've got to put forth the effort to learn it. Now, we can pray for him to give us wisdom to apply it, but when it comes to to knowing it, it's there. We just gotta. We just gotta get to work and 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 uh, uh, acquire that knowledge. Thanks for that email. We um, we got a follow up email from Anthony and Rachel in in Columbia, uh, saying the rampant practice of proof texting has given Christianity a bad name. I've heard so many people try to discredit the Bible by saying. It's been used to justify so many evils, but clearly this is a problem of the reader, not what is being read. There, there are people who, say, who just discredit religion altogether and Christianity specifically by saying that the Bible has been used to prove that you ought to go out and kill people, for instance, or you ought to go out and, and, and do other forms of evil. Well, that's, that's a case of people going to, to a scripture to try and prove something that's not there. That is what, what they're saying here is proof texting, and it gives it does give Christianity a bad name. Appreciate that feedback. Thank you. Appreciate that comment. Hey, I don't want to go back to what you were saying about knowledge versus wisdom. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning of verse 1, Paul says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, 
if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul said that he had revealed words whereby we might understand the knowledge that he had in the mystery of Christ. And therefore, God has given us that knowledge, as you said, in his word. The wisdom comes in and making the application to our lives. That will require diligent prayer, study, and examination of our lives to know how to apply uh, God's word to the lives that we live. Got one more uh, 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 response to the question of what's the biggest mistake people make. This comes from Barry in Texas. He says, I'm not sure it's the biggest mistake, but people sometimes fail to consider the who, the what, the where, the how, the when, and the why of important Bible topics. Uh, and then he gives some examples, rather long email. I'm, I'm going to look to one of the examples he, he gives, for instance, studying the matter of baptism. Who? Scriptural candidates for baptism are accountable, penitent believers, not infants, babies, or people who are not able to know right from wrong. The what? The scriptural element is water, much water. The where? A scriptural place is anywhere there's enough water to immerse a penitent believer in a creek, a river, a lake, or other pool of water. The how, the scriptural method of baptism is, as the word itself is defined, an immersion in water, a burial in water. The when, scripturally accountable people reach a state of accountability, age of accountability, at which time penitent believers should be baptized. And the why, scriptural baptism is for the remission of sins to be saved. Uh, it is to put us into Christ. It is unto the death of Christ, into the death of Christ, and it is into the one by the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying, apply the kind of rules that you would use to understand almost anything else. And people, for some reason, they throw this kind of logic out when it comes to the Bible. Uh, find out who, what, where, how, when, and why. You know, that's how you typically understand any message, and that's how we ought to try to study the Bible. I, I think that Barry's right on that. appreciate his feedback. Thank you, Barry. Now is the time for you to join in on the discussion. 877-381-4567 or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We're talking about studying the Bible. We've looked at the mistakes that people make. Let's talk that about how we should study the Bible. Yeah, and and when we talk about how, uh, we've got some feedback, and Jacob, you've got it there, of people giving us what they view to be maybe the most important rule when it comes to how to study the Bible. You know, one thing that I think we need to start off with, Dad, is that we need to appreciate the Bible for what it is. A lot of error has come from the fact that people don't appreciate the Bible for what it is. It is the inspired, revealed word of our Creator, the Almighty God. We have His will in our hands when we open up our Bibles, and we need to understand it that way and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, when Paul was writing to the brethren in Thessalonica, let me see if I can get turned to that real quick, he said... uh, in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. In other words, he commended them because they saw what this was. This, was. this wasn't just the ideas, the opinions of men. This was the literal word of God, and they understood that and accepted it as such. That's right. Okay, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. Dad, your second question tonight was, what is the most important rule to remember when studying the Bible? We'll go back through the emails now because our listeners, as they participated, gave us answers to both of those questions. And so, Chuck, 
And his answer says, application, application, application. How does this apply to me? In what way do I have the same attitude towards sin as other people in the Bible? So Chuck tells us that if we want to uh, study the Bible as we should, an important rule would be the application. You know, that's a problem that we have. A lot of people have that problem, Dad, but I don't, is that when we read the Bible, we look at other people and say how they should apply it, and we don't think about how you, we you should. Don't have I that don't problem. have that problem. You probably have that <laughs> other problem. Other people have the problem. Yeah, that's right. But that's the way a lot of people approach the Bible. Other people have the problem. I don't have the problem. That's but right. We need to make personal application. I know you're being facetious yeah, there. Uh, uh, we need to make personal application. I think Chuck is right. Uh, study the Bible with a, with a view of applying. This is not just interesting philosophical discussion. This is the Word of God, and it pertains to our daily lives. So I think application is important. All right. This comes from the Petrochkos in Columbia here. They said that the Bible, uh, one thing we have to understand is the Bible cannot and does not contradict itself. And that goes back to the point we made earlier, Dad, that we need to make the application of the, the verse that we're studying to correspond with other verses that speak on the same subject. The Bible cannot contradict itself. That's right, and and then and using that rule, then that would help us to understand. For instance, maybe a figurative passage, which, if taken literally, would contradict another passage, and and so then we understand it's we have to understand it in its figurative context rather than its literal. That's a that, that's just a rule that comes to play again and again and again in, in different aspects of Bible study. Is remember that it's not contradictory. And do not allow your final understanding to be such that it forces a contradiction with another passage because it can't be that way. If you if if you're coming to that conclusion, go back and start over because you're you're coming at it the wrong way and you're going to have to get get it right because you ain't got it right yet if you've got it contradicting. All right, Jim in Somerset, Kentucky, sounds like a nice place, Dad, with all this heat to have the summer setting and going away. <laughs> but uh, Jim says. Uh, one of the things we need to remember is context, context, context. The immediate context, the passage in which the scripture appears, the letter context, the context of the book, and the biblical context, context of the entire word. If an interpretation of a passage of scriptures violates any other passage, then God's claim that he does is not the author of confusion would be false, not to mention confusing. So Jim says we've got to know the context of the passage we're studying. You know, there's, I think that's a really good rule, and everybody needs to realize that if you wanted to take things out of context, you could lead to almost any conclusion that you wanted. There's a sort of a classic example that I'll take a minute to, to illustrate this, that if, if you are willing to take things out of context, um, look what you could come up with. This is just taking a few statements out of their context. Jesus said in Matthew, uh, excuse me, in Matthew 27, verse 3, it says concerning Judas, Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Luke ten thirty seven said, Jesus said to him, go and do thou likewise. John 13, verse 27, Jesus said to him, that thou doest, do quickly. So I've taken three verses, all Bible verses, all, all a true part of the word of God, but take them out of their context and then jam them together. Judas went and hanged himself. Go do likewise and do it quickly. I mean, obviously, that's a silly illustration of the point that you could prove anything you want to prove if you want to if you want to use that approach. But you could catch that when you study. You go, oh, that's a, that's an absurd conclusion. But people make as dangerous or more dangerous conclusions from the scriptures by taking things out of out of context that they never realize they're taking out of context. Well, here's an example. Acts sixteen thirty one, when the Philippian jailer said to Paul and Silas, 
what must I do? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy, in thy house. People would like to take that, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved, and try to force the conclusion, faith only. Now, they don't even observe the, the rest of the context where the Philippian jailer went out and was baptized in the same hour of the night. Sometime after midnight that night, he was baptized in the same hour. They, 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 don't, they don't consider that part of the context, and they force the contradiction as they teach faith only from that text, they force a contradiction with a passage like James 2.24, which says we see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So, in other words, there, there's a case of not observing immediate context or the broader context of the entire Bible. Yeah, certainly. We have to do that or else we'll find ourselves in a terrible predicament. We must understand the context. Okay, Dad, let's go back to Jim in Mount Pleasant. Jim's comment on what is the most important rule to remember when studying the Bible. Are you ready for this? His important rule, turn off the television. And certainly uh, we would have to agree, Dad, we need to, if we're studying, we need to get rid of those distractions. You know, that we already commented quite a bit, several mentioned taking the time and putting forth the effort. But, you know, I, I would be willing to guess that television is perhaps – if not the biggest, one of the biggest detriments to serious Bible study. It's just easier to sit in front of the TV and vegetate than it is to get your Bible out and really dig into it and try to understand it. So, you know, that that that's not that far off the mark. I think Jim's uh, got a good point there. Yeah, and he goes on. He That may have been a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek answer, but uh, here's another tip that he says we should compare passages that deal with the same subject matter like baptism to get the whole matter a whole view of what the bible teaching is and certainly we need to take the whole of what the bible says so thank you for your comments and your participation tonight jim one more break then we go to the top of the hour with your questions or comments at 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com don't go anywhere we'll be right back after this these guys are doing all of the talking we need to hear from you Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said, or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com, and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931-381-4567. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. My name is Roger Toomes, and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back. Thank you again for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, collegeview.com, or send us an email or give us a call anytime with any question you may have about what we believe or what we practice at the College View Church of Christ. Talking about studying the Bible tonight, and we are looking at rules we should remember when studying the Bible. Back up to John Smith in Indianapolis. He, again, reiterates what so many people have said. Keep it in context. 
don't just read one verse, but read the whole chapter. And so, excellent points. Yeah, we've we've had several who's who've made that point, and 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 I think that we're seeing that there's sort of a, a, a an agreement among all of our respondents that an important rule, if you're going to get the Bible right and understand it accurately, an important rule is context. And and I think uh, Jim and Somerset mentioned you got to take it in the immediate context, but also in the broader context. And all of it's got to harmonize. So, you, in other words, you can't take one Bible verse out of of its immediate context, but you can't take it out of the whole context of the Bible either and force it to be in contradiction. Read the whole context that surrounds the verse, but also remember the broader context of the whole Bible and get it uh, in harmony to understand accurately. Randy in Jackson, Missouri, says that when we are studying the Bible, we should remember to be open to let God speak. Do not study the Bible with your mind already made up based on your religious background or what some man teaches. An excellent comment from Randy there, Dad. You know, it is very interesting to see how people will approach the Scriptures. You know, a a simple uh, verse that uh, teaches what we want it to teach is very easy to understand. But we get to those passages that teach something that might mean that we'd have to change our life or do something that we wouldn't want to do. Then those verses become very difficult and hard to understand. And it's funny to watch people. It's sad to watch people, how they start to twist and turn and struggle with those passages because they're trying to get around what the Bible clearly teaches. Exactly right. I I think it's a good point. Thanks, Randy. All right, Jimmy says, what is, on his answer to what is the most important rule to remember when studying the Bible, number one, that it is the Word of God, and I must treat it with reverence and respect. We've talked about that, but it is important that we remember that. I appreciate, Jimmy, for making that comment. Uh, the second point he says is rules that we should remember, who is speaking and who is being spoken to. Yeah, that's an important uh, point to make. You know, this idea of re- observing who speaks and to whom it is spoken Think, for instance, of this statement, curse God and die. Well, uh, is that in the Bible? Does the Bible tell us to curse God and die? You know, it does, ironically. It is in the Bible, but uh, it's not spoken by an inspired person telling the truth. This is from Job chapter 2, beginning verse 7. Satan went forth from present Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to his crown of his head, and took him a pot, and he took him a potsherd and scraped himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife to him, "Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die." So that's a true Bible statement. The Bible actually does say, "Curse God and die," but it's not spoken by an inspired person telling what everyone should do. It's actually in error. It's an accurate recording of an erroneous statement. So uh, if you didn't observe that, uh, then you would end up with a false conclusion. Now, again, that's a fairly simple or maybe even a ridiculous illustration of the point. But you got to observe who's speaking. Do they do they speak with the authority of God? Then you've also got to observe to whom a thing is spoken. Um, for instance, here's another example: James four, or excuse me, Acts four, beginning verse eighteen, says they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Well, you mean we're not supposed to speak or teach in the name of Jesus? Well. That was that statement's recorded in the Bible, but it was from the Jews who were opposing the apostles. And Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken to you more than God judge ye, 
for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So, again, there's there's a true statement, a, a true accounting of a statement that's found in the Bible. But you got to understand who spoke, who spoke it. it. They weren't inspired, and that's not what we're to do. In Acts 1, verse 4, being assembled together with them. Well, who was the them? The context proves it was the apostles. He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Well, this mentions Holy Ghost baptism, but notice to whom it was spoken. It was spoken to the apostles. Holy Ghost baptism was a promise to the apostles, not to all men of all time. People make a big mistake about Holy Ghost baptism, assuming it's for everyone. It was never for everyone. It was never commanded. It was a promise, and a promise specifically to the apostles. And so, as Jimmy tells us, we need to think who is being spoken to and who is doing the speaking we need to know if it's inspired and if it's directed towards us. If it is, we need to apply it. If it's not, we need to uh, disregard it because it is not an instruction that's pertinent to us. And so thank you for making that comment, Jimmy. Jimmy goes on and also tells us, Dad, we need to know if the language is figurative or literal. A lot of people have gotten in trouble by failing to understand a figurative passage and thought it was literal and a literal passage and thought it was figurative. If we don't understand that, then we will get ourselves all twisted up as we study the Bible. A lot of us have had experience of studying with Jehovah's Witnesses. In fact, we've we've talked about that doc, their doctrines uh, on our program. We've even uh, in the past had an interview with a former Jehovah's Witness. You can find those uh, programs in our archives. I think the Jehovah's Witnesses are particularly guilty of taking figurative passages, especially out of the book of Revelation, and trying to make literal application of it. When you take a figurative passage and try to make a literal application, you are going to get yourself in a mess, and and a lot of religious people do that. So that's a good point, I think, a very important point. And finally, Jimmy wraps up by saying, look at the Bible as a whole, not just one verse, etc., when studying a specific subject. And so basically, Jimmy's saying there again, take it in its context, and we have to do that. Thank you, Jimmy, for your comments tonight. All right, and finally, Dad, we have a comment here where the important rule to remember is when studying the Bible is it is God's Word, and His answers and instructions are final. We cannot take what we like and leave the rest. An incredible observation there, unfortunately, an observation that many do not understand. And many are picking and choosing what they want the Bible to say and how they want it to fit in with their lives. And if it doesn't fit in with their life, with the way that they envision God and his instructions to them. If it doesn't jive and match up with that, then obviously that's not an instruction for them. They'll ignore those. They'll take the ones that uh, line up with their way of thinking. And as we began the program tonight, Dad, that's very dangerous because it's not up to us to direct our own steps. And if we try, we'll end up in a terrible condition. Yet many people, even people in the religious world today who claim to be Christians, are doing exactly just that. Exactly right. You know, I, I think we've got a lot of good input from our listeners, and we appreciate all of you who've responded with those uh, comments tonight and uh, hope that uh, we've been able to work all of those into the discussion. Uh, one that we didn't get to all of, Barry in Texas had written a much longer email given some other examples, but uh, we appreciate all of you for sending those in. One thing, I'm a little bit surprised, Jacob, one element that was not covered in any of the emails, which I think is an important one, is that if you're going to understand the Bible, a big mistake a lot of people don't make is that they don't properly understand the divisions of the Bible. I think that happens to be one of the biggest sources of confusion. Uh, you know, 
All of the Bible is from God, but not all of it's for us. We need to understand that we live under the New Testament law of Jesus Christ, and we do not live under the Old Testament law of Moses. And we've got to understand that distinction. You know, I don't know how many times in, in my Bible studies with people, you try to make a point, then they'll go back to the Old Testament to say, well, well, but the Old Testament says this, and they'll quote some Old Testament passage, and you know, maybe we're studying instrumental music. And they'll, and they'll say, well, back here, you know, in the Old Testament, we read about the use of instruments. And and people not understanding the the proper divisions of the Bible. We got to understand that when we're all of the Bible is from God, but not all of it is our law for today. And when we're looking for our law for today, we look to the New Testament. Um, in Colossians chapter two, beginning verse fourteen, it says, "Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing to his cross." Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moons or of the Sabbath day. Jesus nailed that Old Testament law to the cross. We don't live by those regulations anymore. We live under the New Testament law of Jesus. Galatians 5 verse 4 says that even if we would go back and try to be justified by that Old Testament law, we would be fallen from grace. So uh, I think that's something that needs to be emphasized. I, a lot of people don't. I mean, I think there are a lot of religious people who simply do not have any comprehension of that divi- those divisions of the Bible. All right, and you know that is important, and we can we can get ourselves in all type of doctrinal error, and people have done just that by failing to understand the divisions of the, the scriptures. We need to do that. There was another point, Dad, that was not brought out by anyone, I don't think, tonight. Is that is we need to study the Bible regularly. If I want to understand something, I uh, on a physical realm. I have to study it on a regular and a disciplined uh, fashion. Same is true with studying the Bible. We need to study it regularly so that we can be diligent and uh, have that understanding of the word that we need to have. Yeah, Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's how important it should be to us. And again, it sort of ties in with the idea of, of investing the time to do it. Um, and one other point I'd make, and I know we're almost out of time, Jacob, I would, I would argue, use, use good common sense. Use the good sense that God gave you when it comes to trying to understand his word. Uh, let, let me give you an example of using good sense. We've talked about this even recently on the virtual Bible study. In John chapter 3, beginning verse 3, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. And he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Um, you know, some people try to use this verse against the idea of water baptism for the remission of sins. And they try to say that the water there, Jesus said, be born of water and the spirit. They try to say that the water is the water of the physical birth process. Uh, and, and it's not talking about the waters of baptism. You don't have to be baptized in water. Well, common sense would tell you that, that that's not the right explanation. Nicodemus said, does this involve being in my mother's womb? He said, Jesus said, no, it's not about being in your mother's womb. It's about being born again. It's not about the first birth. It's about being born again. And it doesn't have anything to do with the water of your mother's womb. The the being born again involves water and spirit. And, and it's not the water of the mother's womb. It must necessarily be the water of immersion for remission of sins. Common sense in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5 would explain 
what is often offered as an explanation against water baptism, it actually argues in favor of water baptism. It's necessary for the salvation. Use common sense when it comes to the word of God. Well, Dad, we are out of time, but we've had a good discussion about the study of God's word. It is so very important that we study the word and that we are regular in our study, Dad, and that we are diligent because the Bible is the inspired word of God, and it has the instructions that we need to have so we know how to live our lives in a way that's pleasing to God, that is, will reward us with a home in heaven in eternity, and will give us the best life that's possible here and now. And so the Bible is very important. We need to understand how to study it, and so we've had a good discussion tonight. Yeah, I, I do think it's important, uh, maybe something that we sometimes take for granted, uh, but uh, we need to think about accurate Bible study. And appreciate all those who participated tonight. And thank you for listening. But, Dad, there was one thing that was left out of all of our emails tonight, and it's very shocking. We talk about things that we need to remember when we're studying the Bible. No one said that we need to remember to listen to the virtual Bible study. And we've got to do that if we're going to study the Bible. We need to remember to listen to the virtual Bible. Well, we're not saying we're the only way you can study the Bible, but we hope we're providing a valuable tool for people to study the Bible. And so make a note. Somehow make a reminder. Last week we, we told you about one guy who set an alarm, a weekly alarm on his cell phone so that it went off in time for him to listen to the virtual Bible study. Do something to remind you. You can also... Uh, send us an email and we'll put you on our regular update list. We send an update, we send an update out every uh, Thursday ahead of the program to remind you. So uh, do something to be reminded of. Be on the Virgin Bible study every Thursday night. We're out of time. Thank you for joining us tonight. Make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.